Thanks for joining us today as you listen to a portion of a message recorded at Vine Life Church in Boulder, Colorado. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can visit us online at www.vinelife.com. All right, deep breath. Great. You guys ready to jump in the Word this morning? So the last several weeks, um, if you've been around, we have been in this series called Hearing God's Voice. And uh, I want to acknowledge right up front um, the amazing contributions we've had from Jenny Loveland and Jeanette Ross and Dennis McCormick and Ed Bennell, these guys have brought just really beautiful words and encouragements and, and insights. Are you guys thankful for the different teachers in the house? Yeah. And it's good. It's good for us. It's good for us to, to hear as God speaks through his body. And, and that's, the really, that's the thing that we're celebrating. We're celebrating the fact that Jesus speaks and we can hear him. John 10, 27, he said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And it's, it's why we're here. It's why we gather, right? Because we, we have given, we have surrendered our lives to a God who communicates to us and with us. That's ridiculous. That's crazy. And it's, but it's one of the things that it draws us, it stirs us from the inside that we have a God, a loving Father that does not withhold Himself from us, but He lovingly gives Himself and reveals Himself and communicates. And that wasn't just a time ago. It, it's the heart of the Father to, to draw sons and daughters to Himself, right? And teaching us to hear His voice so that we can follow Him. And it's so important that we each cultivate that practice. And a lifestyle of hearing his voice. And, and we've explored a lot of different ways this looks. Um, and a lot of things, that it, the way it looks individually, right? So we've, we've talked about different languages of God, how sometimes we hear God through, through feeling. Sometimes we hear God through seeing. Um, some of us actually hear God as well. I mean, through, I mean we, we hear his voice, or we know his voice inside, and, and, and we've, we've looked at some of the ways this shows up from the things that he leads us into through revealing himself in scripture, and, and uh, it, it's, a, it's a topic that could, is really inexhaustible, and one of the things that's really important for us to know in this whole thing about hearing God's voice is that, well, we've talked a lot about what that looks like individually, if we're not careful, we can fall into the common trap and leave this place week after week thinking that this is really just about personal development. 
This is just about me hearing God. God, I'm going to hear you. I'm going to go from this place. I'm going to go do my life. And you're going to talk to me about me and my desires and my prayers and my work life and my family life and, and these types of things. And sometimes because we live in a highly, a hyper-individualized culture, every time we hear a sermon, it really goes into the most important thing is personal application. What do I do about this right now? And what is, how does this benefit me? And that's not bad. In the sense of God, he does meet us in specific ways, ways that are personal to us. It has to start there, right? But what's, what I want to talk about a little bit today um, is a step in the direction of communal listening. So while hearing God individually is unbelievably important, it is most potent when hearing is shared. When we get to share the hearing the word of God together, there's something about it that God, I believe, honors environments and habitations. And and when the church makes a priority to listen to each other as the Spirit of God speaks to each one, there's something about that that's even more potent than all of us just leaving into our individual lives to hear on our own. So I want to open up with this passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 7, we'll start there. If you don't have a Bible, you can just make a ruffling sound with your, with your uh, you know. Perfect, we're all turning there. 1 Corinthians 12, which is, it, this, is no, this is not an unfamiliar passage, especially to the charismatic stream, right? We love the gifts of the Spirit. Verse 7, it says this, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Say, each one. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another by faith, or to another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still, another, the interpretation of tongues. And all, all these are the work of one and the same spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. And I love this. It's just this wild idea that that as the church is forming, Paul is writing this letter to the Corinthians, just reminding them, listen, this is how the Spirit of God is making his way among you. He's going to give each one of you a different gifting that is in a manifestation, a display, a reflection of his image in his heart that's going to come up from the wellspring of your heart and be used to add to this conversation, right? And each one is going to be given. It doesn't say that he gives every single person all of them, though we have access to all of them. In the, in the plan of God and the wisdom of God, he knows better than that. Because that just means that we get to be more independent from each other. But the Spirit of God is given. We've all been given a manifestation. That is, that's another outrageous idea. That we've all been, been, been gifted by the Holy Spirit of God. And it's the same Spirit. Because he is so committed to us reflecting the radiance of the image of God, just like Jesus. And so we have to kind of start here because 
um, we have to continue to remind ourselves and recalibrate with this idea that the church is not an event and the church is not a building. The church is not a service at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings. The church is essentially, it's the, the eruption of life spilling out from the empty tomb. As Jesus began to establish a new order and a new kingdom, as he began to make right all that had gone wrong and repair the fracture from the Garden of Eden, his best ideas, let's start with these guys. And let's start working in the, the quality of love that Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit share with each other. Let's start in the church. And what's crazy is this, the church of Jesus Christ, the church is the men and women surrendered, caught up into the love of God by faith, believing in all that Christ has already accomplished, receiving, receiving by faith the grace and the gift of God, not by our own works that any should boast. As we come together in that, the scripture would even say it's, it's actually more powerful than signs and wonders and miracles. What's more powerful than signs and wonders and miracles is the manifold wisdom of God being made known to the, all the rulers and heavenly places through the church. So the people of God living out this gospel identity back towards each other, back towards God and into the world, that it's actually the most powerful Formula. It says that in, in Ephesians 3.10, that this was the plan, the mystery hidden for ages that has finally been made known. And Paul himself as a minister chosen by God to just proclaim this, this ridiculous idea that God has, he's reconciling all things and he's starting that reconciliation through the church as they love each other, embody good works and embody this reconciliation and, 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 and this care and this generosity and this compassion, this hospitality, all of these things. I mean, in Paul's words, we should be gathering every time and when we see each other, we should just be like, whoa, you, whoa. In fact, just turn to the person next to you and just say in, in the deepest, sincerest way, whoa! <laughs> so sincere. But, I mean, there's this idea that it's like, how do you get together with people that have been also redeemed that you're going to be sharing eternity with and not just freak smooth out, right? And, of course, over time, you know, for those of us who just, we're, we're so familiar with these things and this way of life that sometimes it just, we're looking for more. It's got to, it's, we need something different. It can't just be the quality of love and relationships. We need something more to make us excited. And, 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 but, but the scripture, it's just, I don't see that. You don't, you're not going to read about that. They're just like, we just want to be together to reflect what God has done for us. We want to reflect that to each other, right? But it, come on, in, in, in the West, in, in our expression here, we've, it's just easy to make it about so much more than that, isn't it? And so it's about, you know, we've we got you know, we to get this great sermon and the, and this, and the, the lights and the, and the media and, you know, the great worship team. We need all these things to do it for us. Just get me there. Just do it for me. Just a little bit more, a little bit better. I'm not knocking all these things that we do, but it, it really is a bizarre thing to the rest of the world to see what we gather around and uh, where the reality is for most of history and most of the other parts of the world right now, they're really, they gather and all they have is a Bible and a cup and a piece of bread 
And that seems to just light them up. And they'll travel hours for a prayer meeting because they can't think of anything else they'd rather do. It's crazy, huh? But maybe not so crazy. Because this is how we're designed. We're, we're designed for this quality of life. And as we gather to each other to share among this life, to share the, the overflow, the eruption of this life with each other, not just in this 10 a.m. gathering, but in the life that we live. Are you guys, are you guys with me here this morning? And so we get to hear from God together. And this is how we grow in this oneness, this peopleness. It's not even a word, but let's just go with it. We get to grow in this identity as a people as we hear God from, with, with each other. And we get to practice, hey, hearing God with each other. But if, if you've been around long enough, we know that um, this can go bad sometimes, Right? Has anybody ever sh- <laughs> has anybody here had somebody share with them a word from God that was just not right? Okay. Probably a lot of us. There's a lot of things we say in church world or maybe in our experience in our history that um, we're just doing our best, but maybe it's not quite there, right? And, and, and it can leave a bad taste in our mouth when it comes to hearing God with each other. If that's gone bad for you, it might make you a little gun shy. I remember... Before I moved out to Colorado, when I was just out of high school, I was a youth, I was a youth leader at a church in Indiana, and, uh, and it was a pretty big youth ministry, and there's lots of different leaders. There's one other leader, this woman, who um, she was practicing prophetic words and practicing hearing from God, and so she started writing me you know, these words of encouragement, right? These little letters of, hey, this is what I see in you, I'm just really encouraged by by this, and this is what I feel like God would want to say to you, and she'd send these things and read them. I'm like, oh, that's great. This is wonderful. This is awesome. I feel so encouraged, right? So this happened a couple different times, and, and then, uh, but then the third letter, it got, it got interesting because she wrote this letter, and uh, somewhere in the middle of the letter, she basically indicated that, listen, here's the deal. Um, God told me that we're supposed to be together. Okay, now, now, mind you, this woman is 15 to 20 years older than me with kids and the whole thing. And she said, listen, I, you know, as I've been praying, God said, you and I, this is it. And, uh, and I just wanted to let you know, like, this is what God's up to. And I said, you know, okay. First of all, you can go back to crazy town, right? <laughs> Fortunately, we lived in a, 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 it was a church environment where I was able to, you know, like, hey, we, you need a pastor in your life. Can I just recommend a pastor, like a solid pastor, you know? So we were, she was able to get some help, but it was one of those things where if you've experienced that, fortunately for me, I was able to say, wow, she missed it. She really missed it. Um. But for me, I didn't get super jaded and cynical. I've talked to a lot of friends, though, over time with enough of those kinds of things, enough of nonsense about thus saith the Lord and God said this, and it's just not rooted in the Spirit of God. You, you grow up in that, and you begin to develop a resistance to anybody hearing from God beside yourself. 
I have another friend I just talked to this last week. He grew up in a similar environment, this really Pentecostal, this ultra-Pentecostal thing where prophecy was like, you know, prophecy was like regarded higher than the Scripture, right? Everyone's got a word from God running around, and, and uh, you know, and he happened to be a pastor's kid, which is double trouble. If you know any PKs, um, God bless them, right? God bless the pastor's kids. Lord, help them, you know, see you. But PK, especially in a, uh, in a charismatic Pentecostal environment, they can get into some, some interesting some territories. So all these prophets coming in, prophesying over my friend, hey, you're going to be a pastor. And he's thinking, really? Are you just saying that because my dad's a pastor and that sounds really good and he's going to be stoked with you if you say that? You know? And so he started to piece together this thing, this kind of this religious... This religious thing of people are just saying things to tickle each other's ears. And so he even admitted recently, he said, yeah, I just, uh, it's hard for me to even trust to hear from God from other people like that, or even hear from God for myself, because I don't even know what to expect. I don't even know if I trust that kind of thing anymore, right? You guys know what I'm talking about? This This is real stuff, right? We're just getting real. We believe that God speaks, but come on, what do you do with all this, this weirdness? That, that, that comes in. And so what, what can happen is if, you've, if you go through a couple things like that, it's easy for a pendulum to swing. And so where you want to trust, where you want to believe that God speaks, you start to wonder. And then it's not a far, it's not a far distance from moving to a place where it's like, listen, Nobody else gets to hear from God for me anymore. Like, I'll decide what God is saying. Which kind of feeds into this thing that some others of us already have, which is this highly independent thing, that, which feeds into the, the God told me or the, the felt-led syndrome. You guys, anybody have that before? Felt-led syndrome? Oh, I felt led to go do this. I felt led to go do that. And this thing of everything is about what I'm feeling and I'll decide what's right for me and for my life. And, and certainly... Um, we do. You know, God, God does show us things, but oftentimes he doesn't show us everything. And what happens is we begin, I, I'll, I'll trust only what I'm feeling or thinking or sensing, and then the only time I'm going to invite anybody else from the inside out into hearing from God with me is to run it by them or to, uh, to announce to them what God's already told me, right? It's really hard to talk to somebody um, that, that says something, like God told me I'm supposed to speak this Sunday, or God told me I'm, I'm supposed to sing on the worship team. It's really hard to disagree with God. You ever notice that? You ever talk to somebody? God, well, if God told you that, well, I guess I have nothing to say, right? So it's, it's an interesting thing when we use language like that because what happens is we can swing over into this other place that is devoid of the Spirit of God, which is just this primarily, like, independent thing. Now, again, for a lot of us, like, there's a reason that we're there. Either we've been hurt or we don't trust. Like, we can talk to our leaders to talk to other people because we think, you know, if I go tell them about, if I ask them to share with me, what if they talk me out of what I'm hearing? Okay, well, that's interesting. But is it possible, is it possible that within the body of Christ, within this new family of God, that God does speak to us, but is it possible 
there are times that he doesn't share with us everything we need to know. In fact, sometimes he knows exactly what we need to know, so he's going to tell that guy down the road. Why? Because he doesn't want us to become self-dependent. He wants us to learn how to be a people. So he deposits gifts and manifestations to each one so that we have to learn to lean into each other to get the full counsel of God together. And I would even argue, if you're committed to only hearing God for yourself, you probably will not hear very clearly And you're probably going to live most of your Christian life frustrated because you can't understand why you can't get yourself out into the new season. And it's quite possible that he's doing that to you because he doesn't want you to depend and be anchored and rooted only in yourself, but he wants you to trust both his spirit and his spirit at work in the people of God. Anybody? And Americans, we don't like hearing that, do we? We don't like hearing that, oh gosh, I have to like submit myself to, each, to other people? I have to do that? Well, it depends. If you want to live biblically, then yes. If that's a thing for you, we can do the American thing or we can do the biblical thing. And sometimes that's a hard choice. But as God invites us to a kingdom lens, we get to walk in the joy of submitting one to another out of reverence for Christ. It's all over Scripture. It's all over the New Testament. And so there's a few ways uh, this plays out, hearing God together. There's a few, a few places we see this in Scripture, and it's a blessing. This is a blessing. There's certain things for me that God, you know, in seasons of prayer, petition, I sense that something is shifting and changing, and he won't tell me exactly what because he wants me to ask my wife about it. He wants me to rely, you know, to, to invite other leaders and other healthy Christians into my process with me because I don't discern everything correctly, right? You never get to a place where you're perfect at discerning correctly. You guys understand that? And if you are, then you should go start a cult, <laughs> Right? But if you're, like, perfect at this, then that means you don't need anybody else. But God designed this in such a way to draw us together, yeah? And so there's a few different ways we see this in Scripture. One, one of the ways that we hear God together is through decision-making, discerning God's will. One of the best passages for this, and I'm just going to reference a few passages. You can write these down and look them up later. One of the best passages for this is Acts 15 at the Jerusalem Council as the early church is growing and they're developing and they're trying to figure out this whole, the whole world is flipped upside down by Jesus and so they don't really have a lot of tight theology on anything. They just know we're following Jesus. Jesus is our theology, right? We're going to do what he told us to do. But it's not like they had this whole thing buttoned up. And Acts 15, the, the major conversation was, gosh, all these Gentiles coming into the faith, what do they do? Do we let them just come in, or do, we, do they need to do what God told us before, which is become, become circumcised, and all these things, and all these, these laws from the Old Testament. And so they had to be together. And, and this passage, if you read it all the way through, it's really beautiful, because they're all coming and they're sharing these perspectives. So like, this is what's coming up for me, and this is what I'm seeing. And, and, and all the apostles and the disciples are there, and and, um, and they're sharing, and it doesn't, say, it doesn't say just one person made a decision, but they got together in the presence of God. 
submitting themselves to God, trusting that the Holy Spirit of God would inhabit this. And as they all shared honestly and openly and shared their concerns about this or the opportunities for this or that, God inhabited that environment. I think it was James who steps up and he says, it sounds like what we're all saying, what God is speaking to us is this. And he kind of summarizes the conversation and there's this yes and amen in the Spirit. How awesome it is when we can gather together not, all, not, not any one person having the perfect answer, but we can submit those to each other and trust that the Spirit of God actually leads us to a yes and amen. This is how the church of Jesus Christ is designed, right? We get to hear from God together, right? It's so much better than just hearing God your, on, by yourself. So much better. The other place that we see we're hearing God together really comes into play is when there's conflict. I don't know if you guys know anything about conflict, no, that's probably just me. But there's times, there's times that even in the church, there's relational conflict. Yeah? No, I can skip over this point if this doesn't apply to you. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and Jesus addresses this. And this is one of the things it seems like he's most excited about. Not the conflict part, but what comes after conflict. In, in Matthew 18, 19, you know, this verse is is usually brought out in prayer meetings, right? Whenever two or three are gathered in my name, there I will be. And we always bust that out when we're gathered for prayer, and we're like, yes, two or three, we got two or three, we got more than three, woo! But the, the funny thing is, this passage actually has to do with people fighting. If you just back up a few verses, this passage in context has to do with, hey, if one brother sins against another, this is what you should do. And this is you going to come together. You're going to have a story. They're going to have a story. You're going to come together. And if that doesn't work, then you do this. And if that doesn't work, then do this. And he's kind of walking them through. And then he ends this whole thing. Listen, when you have conflict, but you choose to come together to discern where God is at work, I will be with you. Yeah? God loves it. It pleases the heart of God when things, you know, these little you know, these little things that we get into each o- with each other, with, rather than that creating a separation and being used as an excuse to hold each other arm's length, he said, when you come together in the presence of two or three and you're there out of your love for me, you know, he said, I'm going to be there. You cannot keep God away when you're reconciling with each other, one with another. Hearing God together on what he's up to. It's easy to disagree right? Because if you don't believe what I believe, then you're wrong. Because I know what reality is, right? So it's the coming together, which is what Christ is up to. The other reason, the other way we, we hear from God together is through encouragement. In Hebrews 10, 24, 23 and 24, it says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And I do think that, like, I do believe that more and more, especially in, in gatherings like this, I think probably the most po- one of the most powerful aspects and opportunities in a gathering like this is not the sermon. <laughs> It's actually the interaction with, with the people of God and being able to move to encouragement of, hey, keep it up. Hey, this is what, 
This is what I sense God is up to. Hey, be encouraged here. Hey, here's a scripture for you. And being able to not just cultivate a thing where we come and we sit and we leave to get back to our individual life, but we stay and we ask God, what is the manifestation of the spirit you've given to me for this body? Yeah? (laughs) Silence. Okay. Just a couple more things. Um, We see this in Acts 2, the fresh outpouring of the Spirit of God. I love that when Jesus sent them back, he said, go gather together and wait and pray. He didn't say, hey, you guys, go, go to your homes and lock yourself each in your own apartments and houses. And you all do this individually. He said, no, come together and pray together, agree together, and wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit didn't just descend on individuals in different places. He descended on a people, the coming together of the people of God, right? He honors those environments. And then lastly here, Training. So we hear God together even for training, even to help each other here. And so one of the, the great passages in the Old Testament and First Samuel, as, as Samuel is learning what it means to hear from God from him, for himself, he's, he's, he needs some practice, he needs some training. And so Eli is there. And as Samuel, he's woken up in the middle of the night and he hears this voice. And he goes and asks Eli, he's like, what do you want? And Eli says, I'm not talking. And so this happens a few different times. And then Eli figures out, oh, Samuel needs training. Or he needs to understand that this is God talking to him. And so he sends him back and says, all right, here's what you do. Next time you hear this voice, ask, hey, here I am, your, you know, your servant, I'm listening. And that was a training moment for Samuel. And this is something that we're called to do as well within the body as we're sharing our life with each other, as we're trying to sense and discern where God is up to for us to train each other is to like, hey, man, you've shared this story or you shared with me this, like, this feeling that you have or something that you're sensing or hearing. And, and uh, gosh, I think that God might be talking, right? Maybe you should go try this. Go try journaling this or go, go specifically, go talk to this person. I think they'll be able to help you. With the body of Christ, we should be, what we should be doing with each other is paying attention to where God is at work in our lives with each other and saying, you know what? I think God is speaking to you, and here's how I want to encourage you in that. And this is how we build each other up, right? This is how we hear from God together, is through calling each other up into our divine identities and purposes, yeah? And, and so this is what we get to do, and it's awesome when this works out. I've already shared some terrible stories about this, but there's been a lot of amazing stories, too, of in these environments of... You know, especially like this last year, there's been several times where there was either a day where I was praying specifically into something or weeks where I was doing that, and God would send people to me with specific words of encouragement or specific scriptures. There was a month or a week, a few months ago, where I was, I was specifically praying all week into um, some, some things that were stirring in my heart and my mind, and, and, and what happened was... Every day that week, I got a text message from a different leader across the country that was checking in with me, and basically they said, hey, you're coming up in prayer. What is going on with you? But three days in a row of these men that I trust from, from different parts of the United States, and I didn't tell them anything. I didn't, I didn't 
give them any heads up that I was praying into some things. They just did that. And what it did for me is three days into this, they were, as God was sending people to me to say, listen, something's going on and I'm praying for it. I just want to let you know I'm here with you in spirit and I'm, I'm cheering you on in, the, in these ways. There was something in me. I felt built up. I felt encouraged. I was like, gosh, this is awesome. This is what we're designed for. We're designed even for quick touches like that to say, listen, I'm here for you. We get to do that for each other, right? We get to do that through the laying on of hands, through the words of prophecy, through words of wisdom, right? We get to do it through all the manifestations of the Spirit because this is a, a, this is a fellowship and this is a, this is a community, a sacred community that God has inhabited through His Spirit, and so we express this to each other. So, so a couple things. Here's where I want to end. We're going to take a few minutes, and there's probably a lot of ways we could do this. Um, I thought about just passing the mic around to every person in the room and, and share what is your manifestation for the day. Um, I, I didn't feel great about that <laughs> for today. But you never know. This is vine life, right? You never know what you're going to get. Um, Rather, rather than that, I just thought, in the spirit of hearing God together, to take a few minutes and to say, God, is there something you've given me today, either for somebody else in this room, or maybe somebody not in the room, but somebody you're bringing to mind that you'd like me to encourage or to reach out and to pray for? And it could, it could, be, it could be this. It just could be, gosh, there's somebody, I saw this person, I just feel like I need to go give them a hug. <laughs> or... I saw this person, and, and these, you know, like Jeanette talked about a few weeks ago, these pictures of these visions came to mind, and I don't even know what they mean, but I'm just going to go submit them to them. Or a scripture comes to mind for somebody else in the room. Or you're like, you don't even know what to say. You just know you're supposed to go talk to somebody, right? And there's a few things, there are few, few, few things we can do here. If, if that's you, we'll take a couple minutes to just let the Holy Spirit show us if there's somebody else in the room that we're supposed to talk to. And, and maybe it's not somebody in the room, that's fine too. Okay, so this isn't a forced thing, but it is an opportunity. And so if you, if you sense something, here's, here's a couple things. Let's not get into, uh, you know, thus saith the Lord. We're supposed, you know, we're supposed to be together for eternity, you know, or whatever. Let's not do that, Let's, you know. Um, you know and, and I don't even know. I mean, if, if you want to, you can, but I would even say... I don't, I don't even know if you want to need to say, God told me this for you, okay? Here's a couple ways you could do this to emphasize that you're practicing, you're trying to hear from God. And listen, you're not all going to get it right, and that's totally fine. It's okay to mess up when you're doing these things. The main thing is that we're trying. We're trying, we're trying to do what we're reading about in Scripture, yeah? Anybody? So if, say, say you get a picture that comes to mind, you can go to somebody across the room and say, hey, I saw this picture, can I share it with you? It's not, you don't, maybe you don't know what it means. You don't have an interpretation for it. Just ask, can I share this with you? I had this sense as I was praying. You share it and then ask them, does this resonate with you? Here's another one. I think the Holy Spirit put something on my heart. Can I submit this to you? Here's another one. As I was thinking about you, this scripture came to mind. Can I read this? Can I read this to you? And they're just simple ways to say, hey, listen. I think I might be hearing something, right? I think I'm getting something. I might be wrong, but you know what? I'll check. Let me just share this with you and see if it is, right? Because you might be terribly right. You might be, or you might be terribly wrong, but you might be terribly right too. 
What if you're terribly right? How awesome would that be for that person in the room today that needed a touch from God? And you don't have to wait for anybody in the secret room in the back to do that for you. You don't need anybody on stage with a microphone to do that for you. This is the priesthood of believers, the Spirit of God deposited to all. And I guarantee you, if you by faith believe that this is possible for you, the Lord, I believe, wants to honor that and use you to bless somebody else in the house today. Come on, guys. We're the church. This is the church. And this is what we're called to. In the New Testament, what was so attractive to people as they were looking from the inside out had nothing to do with how great they were at church services. It had everything to do with the way they loved for each, the, the way they loved each other. And so we have to keep training ourselves. This is what it's about. 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 This is what God is doing. This is how God is showing up. This is how God is breaking him. It's a reformation of love. That's what he's doing. If, if, if our lives are not marked by love, we have absolutely nothing here. Absolutely nothing. Take the songs, take the sermons, take all the stuff. If we are not overflowing with love, we are a clanging symbol. And I just believe that God wants to continue to unleash love as we hear with each other what he's saying. Amen? So let's do this. Sarah's going to play on the keys. Just take a couple minutes here and, um, and ask the Holy Spirit to show you somebody else in the room. And in just a minute, we'll have, we'll have parents go and, and get their kids. And again, you can bring them up here if you're not done with this yet. Um, but let's just take a couple minutes to do this, see what happens, and, uh, and trust that God is at work. Amen? So go ahead. Father, we ask that you would speak to us. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you have given us to each other for the common good. And I just pray right now as we take a moment that you would show us, even somebody in the room or somebody else that's on your heart that you would want us to encourage today.
So let's do this. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna officially end our time, okay? And as we do, if if the Lord puts something in your heart in the room, don't just bolt out the back door. Just to hang around for a sec, all right? And see if you know. It's, if even for me, somebody came to mind. I don't even know what I'm going to talk to them about, but I know I'm supposed to go talk to them and encourage them. Okay, so I'm going to do that. Um, so let's see this. Let's stand together, and we're going to end. And if if parents, you have kids, please go get your kids, bring them back, and then go talk to the person who you're going to talk to. Um, and we'll have our ministry team up front as well. If you have other things that are on your mind, they're just pressing that you need prayer for, we're going to have that opportunity as well up here. But we're going to end our time and just hang for a bit and, and, and uh, stumble into some blessing, all right? Stumble into some blessing. Go bless somebody else in the room. Share with them, uh, overflow into their lives here today. And then, uh, guys, this is awesome. Be blessed as the church. Be blessed as you go. Go in the peace and the strength of the kingdom of God today. Amen? All right. Love you guys. Let's go bless some people.